0: Hi everyone, Gary Morris here with your first Quite the Music show of 2023, so a very happy new year to all of you. I'm very happy to invite onto the podcast for this episode uh, the brilliant Max Kendall from the band Deco. Welcome to Quite the Music, Max.
1: Thank you, how are you doing?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Uh, it's been a wee while, I was trying to put this together uh, obviously <laughs> the festive period and things have gotten away yeah. a little bit but i'm it's incredibly always,
1: always,
0: always. <laughs> but I'm incredibly excited to to have you on now people with a, a tiktok account will, will hopefully be, be very familiar um with if not yourself max but certainly your band uh, given the fact that some of your videos on tiktok have got upwards of 3 million views. Um, I'm talking, of course, of the kind of 80s synth covers of kind of well-known Britpop hits, and we'll we'll come on to them uh, in a little while and, and talk about the inspiration behind them and how that all came about. But I think probably the best place to start with you guys is to go back to the start and the formation of the band. So um if you want to kind of tell uh, the listeners if they're, they're unfamiliar about Deco and who you are um, just about the formation of the band and how you all came together. So um it's
1: basically Deco is basically an amalgamation of a few kind of local bands um that were kind of on the scene uh, in like Derbyshire um Burton and Trent and Nottingham area. Um <clears throat> and I had a band, and um, a guitarist left, and I poached John from who was in another band. Uh, and then our bass player left, and then we poached other John from that same band that he, cause John and John were in a band together. So, um, and then our drummer left, so we got a, we we met someone, uh, a guy called Tom, and he became my our drummer. He's actually from Germany. Um, and then Lucy's my sister, so I had had no choice with Lucy, oh, unfortunately. Okay. No. <laughs> No, and uh, yeah, so we all formed in the kind of Midlands area, uh, and while I was at university in Nottingham, uh, in sort of in the mid twenty tens, I suppose, and then um, yeah, we released our first single, Chances, uh, on, in twenty seventeen.
0: Okay, and. Obviously, it's gone really well for you guys. Probably over the course of the kind of last kind of two, three years. what do you kind of put that that down to in terms of kind of how well you've kind of landed and and kind of got that audience now that people are aware of you? Is it all social media led, or is there other ways that you've been able to kind of get out there?
1: Um, well, I think <clears throat> first, firstly, I think we kind of we kind of uh, I guess found ourselves musically like. We kind of knew what we wanted to do. Like the first sort of two or three years, we were kind of playing around, experimenting, experimenting with different things. And I think um, we kind of hit a hit a bit of a rhythm. Um, and yeah, we kind of w- once we kind of found that, things started to happen. And you know, we started to write better songs. More people started to listen. We started selling out tours. And then <clears throat> when lockdown happened, um, like we were meant to be playing Glastonbury that year and all that kind of <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And it was really gutting because we just. We just released an EP, so it was it was difficult time. But we we like turned it all around and started writing loads of songs, um, and started and that's when we started to think of uh, little ideas to do on TikTok, just sort of silly things, really. And um, obviously, things snowballed when we started doing the mashups, Um, and things like things really changed. Like we became a slightly different band because of that, in a way. Um, You know, we've always been about our original music, and we still are. And, hmm. But we kind of using these mashups as a kind of, I guess I don't want, I don't want to say it like this because it sounds boring, and but it is kind of a great marketing tool for us. You know, it reaches loads of people, and, and if ten percent of those people go and listen to our own music, you know, that's more people than we had listened to our own music before. So it's it's a really <clears throat> great way to do it, and also I think mainly we really enjoy doing the mashups. Or at least I I obviously do most of them. Um, and I really enjoy it and I feel like my production skills have improved by doing them. So it's all kind of helped towards a bigger picture, really.
0: Yeah, so this podcast started right in the middle of the first lockdown as well. And I've spoken to so many people in the industry that, that said the that lockdown really changed their perception of how they needed to get out there and think of different ways to continue to to make music because people weren't able to see live music at that time and I think it's allowed different artists to to find different ways of kind of getting out there and you certainly mentioned obviously TikTok there but it's been such a a big thing for you and I think what I really like about seeing some of the videos is it's not just the the 80s covers that get lots of hits on there and you've managed to, to get quite a lot of traction to your own original compositions as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely more difficult to get traction on our own stuff. Uh, just naturally, people like things that are more familiar. You know, it's the nature of TikTok, especially, you know, something that catches their eye immediately. Um, but like it's an interesting point you made about how, you know, a lot of people adapted and found themselves and, you know, potentially found like a, a, a really good thing in lockdown. A lot, a lot of bands that were doing really well just before lockdown, <clears throat> they probably really struggled to kind of adapt. Um, but, you know, I think... It's human nature to, to have to adapt in these, in, the, in you know, different scenarios. You know, I think throughout the course of like humanity, that humans have always managed to adapt to, to the different challenges that are thrown. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what we did really, you know, and we used it for po- for positive effects, even though we were one of those fans that were starting to do well before the lockdown. So, you know, I feel like <laughs> I've got very fond memories of that lockdown. And I think we're very lucky that we've got the music to focus on. Because without that, I think it would have been a different different thing to go through.
0: Yeah, so what was the first one that, that you put together? Was it the, the Bronski Beat Wonderwall? Was that the first one that... You, yeah, you yeah, did? that was the first one. It, that
1: was the first one that went um, viral, if you want to call it that. But <clears> that what kind of was a catalyst for doing that was, um, I don't know if you remember, um, that's the sea shanty that went viral as well.
0: The yes.
1: Yeah, not too long before, um, and uh, we've been t- we've been trying to kind of find our TikTok niche for ages by that point, and nothing was really kind of striking any chords of people clearly. And um, our manager said, "Oh, why don't you do like a deco style cover of uh, the Sea Shanty?" And that went down really well, and I realised that actually I really enjoyed doing that. And it basically turned out it turned out that I just basically eighties 80s, eightiesified that shant- Sea Shanty, which was quite funny. Uh, and I thought, oh, I bet I could do this with like loads of hits. Make you know, So I s- sat down at the keyboard and started playing what, I wonder what Wonderwall would sound like in the 80s kind of thing. But then I ended up just playing Brunsky beat, um, which, which is why I did it with Brunsky beat. And I thought, oh, maybe I could do a mashup. So it all ca- happened very organically. But yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, and I'm a big fan of 80s music. So I presume that's your kind of niche where you gain a lot of your inspiration from is that that kind of style kind of bands like bronski beat new order Razor. does that where you get a lot of your, your influences from your sound from
1: yeah i think subconsciously really because like we we grew up well our parents grew up um their formative years were in the 80s and you know when we we're kids i remember flicking through my dad's record collection and you know even tape collection and just sort of listening through bits and bobs and I think that had has had quite a big effect on me, uh, naturally. Um, but yeah, I, I think <clears throat> a lot of bands in the late 2000s just started to draw on eighties influences, eighties influences as well. So I think it all kind of linked up, and everything made sense. And that's why I guess we would make the music we make because of that.
0: Yeah. So you obviously mentioned that that went really, really, but popped for for you guys quite quickly. Um, I remember reading that you got a bit of kind of feedback back from. Uh, the likes of Jimmy Somerville and Bill Gallagher on that. So what was it that they said about your take on th- their songs?
1: Um, Jimmy Som- Somerville's study was blown away by it. And uh, Liam Gallagher, he, he's not, he's a he man of few words, I guess, but he uh, he just he uploaded it onto his actual TikTok channel. Um, didn't ask us or anything like, but um, he just he just put Wonderwall, Wonderwall in the '80s, but I think that's enough of an endorsement. Yeah, but you know we've obviously done ones with Noel Gallagher. He posted it on his channel, and of and Oates did as well. But we've had quite a few, which has been really amazing as well. Like Coldplay commented on one, which is huge as well. So, yeah, it's always nice to kind of. Um, have the artists enjoy it at least, because we don't want to we don't want to annoy anyone.
0: <laughs> no, and I think I think when you're doing something different with it as well, it it gets uh, you you see that all the time. like the uh, songs get done, redone for, for X Factor. They, the the originals seem to get a, a second lease of life, and uh, it probably do, doesn't need Bronski Beat to to get back out there. But it's probably nice for them to see a song from theirs of forty years ago getting back out into brand new audiences as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think one thing that contributed it, to it that we didn't really realise at the time, but um, BBC the BBC had just released it. I think it was BBC, I'm not sure. Maybe it was Toronto 4, but uh, there was a TV show called It's a Sin, which came out at a very similar time. So I think that kind of, a lot of the tracks that we were doing were actually featured in It's a Sin soundtrack. Um, and yeah, it just, it was a really happy accident that was.
0: No, brilliant, brilliant TV show. To be fair, so now it's always good to get featured on a show that that does so well. Um, I think for that, like, I noticed like, on Apple Music, you 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 don't have a lot of your your covers on there, but you do have the the version of. Bittersweet Symphony on there, which obviously the the Verve cover. Um, So what's the thinking behind that being available on Spotify platforms and maybe some of the other ones only available on Instagram and TikTok? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we always get asked
1: this and it's it's a real shame, but um, basically... Um, we we're not we are not allowed to release the actual mashups. Bittersweet Symphony isn't a mashup; it's just like an eighties style version, mm. like you say. And because of that, it's a simple cover, and therefore it's it's easy, very easy to get a license for. But when you've got two different songs that are mashed up together, you've got to get permission from each of the songwriting parties, if you like. Um, so it's very complicated. And we tried to get clear. Like a record label wanted to release the Wonderwall and. Um, Bronski Beat mashup, but um, um, <clears throat> Bronski Beat said yes, of course, uh, and Noel Gallagher's side said no, unfortunately, which is you know we can't change that. That's their decision. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I felt like it was a, a bit of a blessing and a curse, really, that kind of that kind of decision, because, you know, potentially if that got released at, at that time, we we'd just be known for that one cover potentially, and sure. that would have got Whereas this this ended up getting like a label uh, interested in us and we ended up doing loads of sessions with different writers and producers. And yeah, so it, it kind of, it it was, as I say, a blessing and a curse. But that that is why. And um, it's really hard to explain to people why we can't release them on Spotify and Apple Music and so on. But that is the reason. But, you know, if we do more 80s versions as, as opposed to mashups, then maybe we could get a few more on there.
0: Yeah, so if people were to, to come and see a a deco show, do the you get a, a bit of a mix of some of the covers and obviously your own original songs as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. We we took a couple of the mashups in there, definitely. Um we enjoy playing them. They're obviously quite good fun to play. So yeah, um <clears throat> we definitely do that. And it's you know, our our shows are very kind of high energy, good fun, feel good. So having the odd mashup to two in there is um definitely helps.
0: How did the getting on the bill with Aha uh-huh, Hyde Park come about? Because surely there's someone with a big fan of, of 80s music to to share the stage with, with them or at least share the bill with them. That, that must have been a, a big thing for you. Yeah, definitely.
1: We've um we've had a couple of moments like that. We did um the year before we did it with Boy George and Culture Club and uh, Chic and Noel Rogers and Chic. Um and yeah, like to play with music icons like that, it's uh, pretty incredible. Like the the Niall Rogers one is particularly memorable um, because he came and said hi five minutes before we went to go on, and it completely threw me off my vocal one. <laughs> and I, I was so starstruck. I'm, I don't normally get starstruck. I'm normally fairly chilled, and you know, I like to just see if, see see if I can actually have a chat with them kind of thing. But I, I just <laughs> I just couldn't think what to say to Nara Rogers, but he was lovely.
0: Yeah, and obviously your own original song "Rain" that came out last year that that mm-hmm. seemed to to land quite well and and was obviously featured in a few kind of mainstream TV shows as well. And you, you managed yeah. to get Barry from EastEnders involved in a, a bit the video in there as well. So um, would you say that that's probably been your your most successful original composition to date so far?
1: I think so. Yeah, like straight straight off the bat. Um, you know it was very well received and I think we'd been playing that uh, that song live for a long time so a lot of people had seen it on the January on the UK tour we did last year and were kind of waiting for it to be released and it was also on uh, one of the TV shows before we'd released it as well so yeah <clears throat> it went down really well and obviously getting Sean um, aka Barry involved in the video was definitely a plus because it's that it's that kind of thing again you know when people see something familiar your eyes are more drawn to it and that's just the way, you know, our brains work, I think. So it's definitely like a good way to kind of market a, a song for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so what does 2023 look like for, for, for yourselves and for the band um, Your music coming out as well?
1: Yeah. So um, we've, we've, we've honestly, we've been waiting to release so much of the music we've got ready to go for, for such a long time. Um, but we're going to be releasing an EP um, in the next few months, uh, which is going to be exciting. Um, and then we're going to be doing <clears throat> the usual festivals, um, a couple we've not actually done before, which is going to be good. And then uh, we're going to be touring the UK at the end of the year as well. And we're going to be recording uh, a bigger a bigger batch of songs, if you know what I mean, without, without confirming it too much. But yeah, mm. so that's going to be something we're going to be putting out in 2024, 20, hopefully. Yeah,
0: so- watch this space for that yeah it's a
1: big year for us yeah it's gonna be hmm. gonna be exciting
0: brilliant so where can people find deco uh, if they're not already familiar with yourselves
1: um so you can find us on social media if you just type in deco band d-e-c-o band um and then you can find like you know merch and uh stuff like that on our website which is decoofficial.com
0: Perfect. Um, thank you so much, Max, for, for your time. Um, Pleasure. It's, been for, it's to really make. good to have you on and really excited to see what the, the new year brings for yourself and for the rest of the guys. Great. Cheers, Gary. Thanks, Max. Take care. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: And you are- i <laughs>